1: All right, everybody, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. So I did an interview last week with a man named Zach, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys Of like, yeah, my my nexus in-laws were, well, my former in-laws were crazy too. And I was like, you know what? I need to do the female version of this. So I reached out to a couple females that have narcissistic in-laws, and I came across Lauren, and Lauren is... She told me some of the story and already I, I remember I texted you back on Instagram and I'm like, yep, this is the story I need. So welcome to the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Laura's a little nervous, but we're going to try and ease her into it a little bit. Um, I like to just, you know, address the elephant in the room. <laughs> so uh, tell me, you know, like she said, you took a little bit of notes. Like, so tell me where you wanted to get start, started in, in the whole story.
0: Yeah, I just want to start from the beginning. Um, When I look back on everything, I see things that are just now popping out, right? That like maybe at the time didn't really seem like a red flag as much as it does now. Um, All the narcissistic kind of traits and signs.
1: Yeah, I totally relate to that.
0: Yeah. Um, So I guess when I met my next about 10 years ago, um, he immediately would say, you know just so you know my mom she lies a lot <laughs> or my dad's family doesn't like my mom or uh, oh yeah. my mom you know kind of says weird things sometimes sometimes she takes sleeping pills and like mixes it with alcohol and stuff and i'm like okay so she seems kind of quirky i guess um <laughs> he also said that he um he escaped by moving out of his house because he has two other brothers that are still there and because his mom is kind of enmeshed with them and she she doesn't want them to leave.
1: Yeah. How long was it into your relationship that he started telling you the stuff about his mom? It was right away.. Yeah.
0: It was like, okay, you're gonna be my mom now, so uh, I better warn you. Mama's boy trauma. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so already I had like this kind of weird taste in my mouth about her um so then I go and meet her right and super nice like she's super sweet like wants to know all about me um super nice things to say about her son um but it seemed that there was a pattern there so every time I went over and I saw her again she always had a story from work and in these stories she was always a victim. Like there were people at work who were just so mean to her. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you oh, like, know what she did for a living or now? Uh, teacher. Okay. Yeah, okay. so it would be like the other teachers who were just so mean to her. And she would use this drama
1: voice of like And I bet I bet the other teachers were just jealous that she was so good at her job and all the other parents
0: loved her. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. And it was because she just worked so hard and she worked so long and she was such a martyr. You know, like, like, how dare they be so mean to me when I like work so hard and I'm old and frail. And it was like every time I went over there, she had another story.
1: It's like when they put the back of their palm on their head and go,
0: woe is me pretty much yeah yeah and at first i was like wow this poor lady and then after a few times i just i kind of caught on and i was like this this is odd like there's something off about this woman do you you like what the what the first like tip-off was just the just the fact that she was always the victim She never, she never took responsibility for anything. It was never like, oh yeah, I did this wrong. And like, I know that was wrong of me or anything like that. And it wasn't just about people at work. It was about pretty much everyone in her life. Yeah. And so that, that was the start. Um, But I never thought that it would be me that was like the one hurting her.
1: (laughs) Well, did she like... So, you said like her immediate reaction to you was that, you know, she liked you and she was very congenial and, and, uh, like you guys had good conversations in the beginning. But, like, did it turn out that, like, she thought that you were stealing her son from her or something like that? Like, what was her relationship like with him?
0: Oh, she, she thought that he couldn't do anything wrong. Um, she talked about his ex like she was a horrible person. Um, she, Hurt him. Um, how dare she. Um, whenever she told stories about her son being young. She would say oh I always stand up for him. I always trust him. Like it's never his fault. So
1: she's getting picked on. And she feels like he's getting picked on. And when did they become the ones that are being pickers on.
0: <laughs> right. No it's so true um they're both the victims and she kind of saw him as like this golden child who couldn't do anything wrong um so then what happens is i just thought she was a little quirky right i learned that she had childhood trauma so um she was physically abused as a little kid and so i you know i'm like okay so she's kind of weird and she annoys me but but come on like she's had a hard luck
1: yeah, and that's your, you know, your husband's mom. You know what I mean? So, like, we want the in-laws to like us. You know what the funny thing is, though? You know what nobody ever talks about? Nobody gives a shit if we like the in-laws. You know? Uh, like, we always have to earn their, like, oh, I want to impress them, so they... Yeah. they... But, like, why don't we ever have to like them? <laughs> I never
0: yeah. understand that, you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, and I, I was—I think I was too trying to be too understanding, um, because I was essentially ignoring red flags to try to be empathetic.
1: Yeah, and you see where that shit gets you.
0: Yeah, isn't that how it got me here in the first place? Right. Mm So, um, so what happens is I end up falling for like this manipulation. I actually ended up thinking that she had borderline personality disorder.
1: What What made you come to that conclusion?
0: I uh, just she's pretty emotional. Uh, difficulty managing her emotions, from what I hear, she's dramatic. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I know people who are borderline, and they're great people. I'm not talking badly about them or anything, right? Um, but As I. And of fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. the symptoms, right? Uh, right. She's very giving, very generous. Um, seems like she really, she seemed like she really wanted to have good relationships with people and really wanted people to like her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there was like the lying and um drama, right? Victim complex. Yes.
1: Right. I get it. So I was like, okay, I can deal with this, right? Because there, let me ask you this: Was there gossiping about other people?
0: Oh, all the time. Right. Yeah, that was a pattern.
1: Well it's funny that she like I thought when you were talking about how she would talk to you about how his ex girlfriend broke your heart or something. I thought that was a little bizarre when you were saying that. Like why? Why would that's a little bizarre that his mom is talking to you about his ex
0: girlfriend? Who cares? Yeah. Right. And that happened multiple times. And I'm like, why are you we talking about this right now? Yeah, right yeah
1: (laughs) it's funny i think like as i'm looking at you on the screen is it i feel like you're getting like started like lightning bolts as you're talking see that's why this is good man because like people Mm -hmm. say shit and once it gets past your teeth like i'm just looking at you and like you're like absorbing it as you're saying
0: it. it's fun to watch (laughs) well i'm glad i'm I'm glad that you're amused but yes no that's very true um i feel like the more you talk about it the more you like kind of learn yeah totally so so it was interesting because she like called his ex like a huge bitch and like said that she only cared about herself was very self centered, um which is kind of interesting now looking back right like that she would use the descriptive words yeah well they tell on them themselves so then the holidays come around and she she just gives like a lot of gifts like a lot it's like overwhelming and and like we're used to like
1: I mean I know I was used to a very like modest upbringing and like a modest Christmas like there's probably like one big present a couple of other things but like my next there was like cascading presents that come out of the living room like it it it's like a waterfall
0: okay yes why yeah right it, like that's normal for like if you're two right mm-hmm. you know like people love to give so many kids to uh, gifts to little kids right but um she did this for her family and for me, like, every year. And not only that, but she would spend the whole few next few days talking about it. Oh, I got this, like, a few months ago at this store. Don't you love it? Do you love it? Do you love
1: it? And here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, her. it would take hours. Like, every Christmas, we would go to the in-laws' house. And it would take hours to open the presents. And it was such a spectacle. Like, I had to open one, and you had to open one, and then she had to open one, and then he had to, and it had to go in a circle, and it would take hours, and don't get me wrong, like, I feel, like, a little, um, ungrateful, maybe, or something, because, like, I got cool shit, but, like, it was just, like, I'm not the spectacle type. Like, I'm not the all eyes on me type. Another thing that they used to do at birthday parties is, like, towards, like, three-quarters of the way of the birthday party being over everybody had to sit and watch you open presents and i always thought that was so fucking uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because like what if you got me something i didn't want or what like did i have to like sell it and be like wow this is awesome you know what i mean like it was so uncomfortable
0: it's the worst (laughs) i i hate it yeah and so so yeah for my kids i hated it for my kids because then
1: you know, like, at birthday parties, my kids, like, two or three years old, had to have this, like, all eyes on them as they open their Christmas presents. And I'm like, what if they don't like it? Like, they're going to hurt somebody's feelings and so just be like, oh, I got socks and throw them over their shoulder. Like, I felt bad for them. Let them open
0: their presents in private. Why does everybody have to watch this? So, I'm of the same mindset. At my baby shower, I did not want to open any gifts. And people insisted. And I loved them all. I did. But what if I didn't? Right. <laughs> what if I didn't? Right? It's so much pressure on us, and like we
1: can object, and we did. Uh, like I remember objecting in silence, and like uh, not in silence, but I would pull them privately and be like, "Oh, I really don't want to open presents in front of everybody." And like oh, you have to, you have to, you have to. Like no, I really don't. Like oh. Anyway, it's yeah. funny how you and I have that same story.
0: Yeah. So, so she would just talk about it over and over again, and she'd be like, "Did I do good? Did I do good?" And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I felt, like, guilty. Like, am I not appreciative enough? Like, do I need to be saying more good jobs? Pat on the back? like,
1: Hug? Do I have to buy... Because you spent $300 on something that I didn't ask for, so now I have to reciprocate? Like, it was fucking
0: uncomfortable. Right. And it was... It was like weird stuff too. Like, yes, she did get me some really nice like workout clothes and I work out all the time. So that was useful. But then sometimes it was weird, random stuff that I would never use. And so it was just kind of like she wanted to get stuff. It was about quantity over quality, I guess. Well, you know, like something
1: that I've heard is like pretty common is like narcissists express themselves through gifts. So it's like, and I, it's, it's like an I owe you one. Type.
0: And I see that now for sure. Um, yeah, because it was like that every year. If giving with my next was super uncomfortable, I remember like it was
1: Christmas time or something. And, you know, my next's parents never left Pleasantville. They never fucking did anything. But like I got him out of the house to go see the Christmas tree in New York City just like one time. And like they the mother could Hear less about the Christmas tree. All she wanted to do was go to the quote unquote diamond district in New York, which is like 46th and 5th in New York, I believe. And um, so like I remember her dad bought her like this—I don't know—it was expensive. Like when I say expensive, it was probably—I don't want to say ten thousand dollars. But he bought his mom, like the mother, like a ten thousand dollar ring or something for Christmas in the diamond district. And like we were there to just see the tree. And then, like, we were getting married in a couple of months. And, like, so then we came across, like, Savorsky or something. And, like, my next wanted this bracelet, but, like, we were planning for a wedding and stuff. And, like, I wasn't making a lot of money at the time anyway. But I felt this enormous pressure to buy this bracelet because he just bought this $10,000, you know, thing for the mom. It was so fucking uncomfortable. And I, I ended up buying it. It was a couple hundred dollars. It might have been close to $500 or $1,000. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Gift giving sucks with
0: narcissists. Yeah, you're like, is it standard here?
1: Yeah, right. And like, I'm such, I'm such more of like a, uh, it's the thought that matters type of person. Uh-huh. You know, I care more about like experiences than gifts. Anyway, we're arping on this topic, but I'm sure people can relate. To this.
0: Oh yeah, I I bet. Um, it's very overwhelming. So the thing with her is that. Looking back, I realized that she's the covert type, not the overt, which is why it was more difficult to identify, right? It wasn't like the obvious, everyone look at me. It was like uh, this act of humility. Mistaken humility. Yeah. Yeah. Like It wasn't really. humility, Right. And so she always played that part of being so humble, meek, let me help you. What can I do to help? So I thought, oh, wow, this lady is like so nice and so sweet and giving. And so she really set the tone. She really set it up so that there was no way that I could sense anything until dun, dun, dun. So she never acted like she was more important than everyone. You know, she wasn't like, oh, I need attention all the time in an obvious way. It was more like I need attention about what's ailing me like oh i'm i'm in pain she was in pain a lot or she was always sick or something so it was interesting because 2020 i got engaged and so then sometime between 2020 and 2021 um it was before we got married and she calls me after i get off of work and leaves a voicemail and i'm like why is she calling me she never calls me and she's like in tears right i'm like oh my gosh what happened and she goes i don't know if i'm going to make it to your wedding i i have cancer when you get home and you see my son don't be surprised if he's really distraught okay but and i'm like oh my gosh she has cancer that's so sad and so i get home and i'm like all nervous you know like to see how he's doing yeah and he's just sitting you know doing his thing on his phone and i'm like did you talk to your mom today and he said yeah like he looks at me all confused like yeah why and i go um did you know the she has cancer and he goes uh, she has a skin thing. She's going to go get it removed. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So she tried to make your wedding about her. Or Christ. And imagine if she didn't go to the wedding because she had cancer. And where's his mom? She has cancer. She couldn't make it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is
0: sinister. Right. Totally. And that's, that's the moment that really revealed her true nature to me so wait so she didn't have cancer she just had like a skin
1: like you know a mole or graph yeah like a skin graph like a dermatology skin wow so she had like a mole removed yeah and it was benign or i don't even know you know what the funny thing is is like we'll never really hear the truth you know what i mean like she didn't have cancer (laughs) like the
0: moral of the story remains the same yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, this is not okay.
1: Holy shit. I was mad. You know, what's funny. I mean, so I had another guest on here, and his name is John from Male Victims of Female Narcissists. And um, similar story. He, I remember him telling the story about he did have cancer. And when he came to his wife and said, I have cancer... His wife was like, yeah, me too. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're not, well, I beat it. She's like, I beat it and you can too. And he's like, no, you just had a mole removed. And she's like, no, I'm going to call the doctor and, and confirm that I had cancer. He's like, holy shit, you're psycho. Similar story.
0: Ugh, it's like they can't stand the attention being off of them. That's
1: It's weird, though, because like, well, like you said, she's covert. So like. They do act humble and like giving and but like yeah, they need, you know, to the wedding and having cancer. Like woof that is that's deep manipulation. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it wasn't the first time. <laughs> What's well, the second time? What's up? No, so so um when I was pregnant, about to give birth, she has cancer again and it was like a legitimate cancer scare, um, but it just was so convenient, and she didn't know the details. She didn't really know much. They were like, eh, could be. Maybe it's not. We're not really sure. And she Give called. I can go back to when you said that your, so your
1: husband was like, yeah, he's she's got some skin thing she's going to get taken care of. Yeah. Was he like standing? Like, what did you like say? Hey, your mom told me you have cancer, and she doesn't. Or like, how was what was his reaction to that? Oh,
0: so he just kind of shrugged it off. He's probably used to it. Yes, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't shock him at all. Yeah,
1: yeah he's he- he- well. Going back to, he said that he escaped her. Uh-huh. He's used to that shit.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. And, but so, so then when I'm pregnant about to, about to give birth, she had a cancer scare again. The doctor found something and he said, well, we don't know what it is. Um, Could be, couldn't be. She calls him all dramatic. Like, I'm going to die, blah, blah, blah. Um, He's freaking out. Um, Come to find out it's not cancer. Shocker. Yeah. So...
1: It's like the, the the old lady who cried wolf. Like she constantly thinks she has cancer. She must be lonely. That must like that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like she must be lonely and really seeking attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, and while your husband's just shrugging it off. The first time. The second time he was really affected by it. And so that's what made me mad too because she didn't care how it affected the people around her. She could have said look we found something. We don't know what it is. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. No, of course not.
1: No, yeah.
0: How does the story keep going?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. How many other cancer scares do we have? Um. I think... Well, by cancer scare forty-five. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure there's been more since um, in the past year since I haven't seen her. So, the big, the big event one of the big events that started happening when I really saw her true colors. Um, so there was a camping trip that we went on with my family that we go on every year, me and my husband at the time. And he kind of got into a, uh, an altercation, not physical altercation, but like verbal altercation with um, some people that we were camping with. And he was kind of acting odd, you know, and it was, it was concerning. And So he was all pissed off at some of my family members and he just he didn't think he had to apologize. He was really mad and I was concerned about him. Right. So um, I was talking to his mom and I just was telling her because I trusted her. She made she made me feel like I could trust her. And so I told her, look, I'm really concerned. Um, I just want to let you know, because is there anything that you could say like to help maybe help um, him? Um, Because I don't like seeing him so upset. And so she goes, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. And so she goes and talks to him and um, come to find out she listened to everything he had to say and said, oh, I believe you 100%. Like, I support you. Even though he was like, he was kind of in the wrong a little bit. Um, but that's the thing is that she acts like she's there for me to on my side wants to help me but when it comes down to it she will always defend him even if he is wrong you know what the funny thing is
1: is i saw this meme on instagram and it's like jason or freddie krueger or something and the mom is like hugging freddie krueger and being like not my son <laughs> you know what i mean yes <laughs> uh, it's jason because jason's mom's in it yeah so yeah, so like the serial killer or whatever, like the monster, and the mom is hund- uh, hugging him like, not my son. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs>
0: huh. Right. Yeah, and, and that was really, really kind of devastating to me because for years and years and years, she um, painted this picture as if she was a support in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're not really there for me. If something really serious were to happen... I, I don't know if you would actually help me. Right.
1: And then how did that start causing a division between you and your
0: husband? Well, so I I still believe that he was in the wrong. And he now all of a sudden had someone on his side. Oh, they love that. Yeah. So I was kicking myself for even trying to get her involved because now I realize, right, mm-hmm. that she just enabling him. You know what you did? You almost,
1: like, if you know about triangulation, you almost yeah. welcomed or, like, you did the triangulation to yourself. I did. Yeah. I take full responsibility for that part. No, but, it, but, like, you didn't know any better. So, it's not your fault because you didn't know any better. <laughs> but, like, yeah. shit, that sucks. Like, you brought the triangulation on yourself. <laughs> like, I'm used to doing it with, like, marriage therapists and shit. And, like, yeah, I, I brought that on myself, too. But, like, fuck, oh, you, like, full What? <laughs> yourself. yeah I feel bad for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I was in I was in a pickle for a while there. Um so we we would, you know, went on and on like that, um, arguing over that. But so then what happened was um Well before you go forward, did you set any it- like ground rules with him or anything?
1: Like was there any like, you know, I don't want to be around your mom or like, you know, did you you know like I can only be around her during holidays? Like What were you saying at the time?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, I told him that I was hurt. um, But he was, you know, he wasn't listening because he was like, she agrees with me. Um, (laughs) But there were other instances where I did want to set boundaries. um, Because she has been hurtful many times since then. Um, So... There was another incident where um I went out of town and my husband was also out of town. And so his his dad came and wanted to watch our dog for us. Mm-hmm. And when I got off the plane, um, she was texting me, like, Oh, is your dog okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, What? And she's like, I'm just worried about him because he's been home alone like all day. And I'm like, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. Um So I was kind of fed up with her at this point because I've seen this pattern with her of how dramatic she is and I wasn't in the mood for it. And so I just said, please don't put your anxiety onto me. Oh, Oh, that's a dagger. I love that shit. I remember
1: uh, my next and I went away and uh, we had a dog and, and one of my friends was dog sitting for us while we were waiting, staying at my place. And I remember like Her mom, like, constantly calling us to tell us that, like, my friend wasn't there. And, like, I talked to him about it. He's like, dude, I was working. And when I could be there, I was there. He's like, dog's fine. Like, and I remember, too, like, being away. And I was like, dude, like, she's hot. Like, my next is constantly on the phone bitching about my friend while we're away. It was just, like, exhausting. And it's like, is the dog alive? Is the dog
0: alive? Like, I don't understand. Like, what is the problem here? Right. Why be so dramatic? Like, come on down. Like, why are you trying to make me stress out and freak out?
1: I can't stand. Especially now. I don't have any room for that now. You know, like, I, I consider myself a very empathetic person. But there's also, like, something that I've learned. Well, I've learned a tremendous amount of patience with all that I've been through. And I just think, like... I'm really about, like, crossing that bridge when I come to it these days. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't preemptively freak out about anything. I like to think so anyway.
0: No, too many, too many emotional moments in our past. My friends, my
1: friends listening to this would probably be like, Mac, you're full of shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we aim for that, right?
1: Right. I like to think of myself that way anyway.
0: So I actually was able to screenshot these text messages with her. Because I thought I might need these one day. Would be so. <laughs> so that was the first time I ever really set a boundary with her. And so little I know, it wasn't going to turn out well.
1: Well, yeah. Because you set a boundary with a narcissist and they are going to cross that boundary and test how strong your boundary is.
0: Yeah. So she just, oh my gosh, she just text blasted me all of these things that, you know, for all all these years that she she loved me right and she was so nice to me and she has thanked me for being such a good wife now the opposite is like streaming through these text messages um like you're not nice a lot of the time for someone who has a degree you sure don't handle life well and you're trying to keep our son from us and i gotta say,
1: I gotta say for a narcissist she's pretty shitty at insults
0: i would laugh right out of the building. <laughs> Oh, and she called me entitled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything is always about you, grow up. When she says you're entitled,
1: does that mean in regards to your husband entitled or like were you entitled like you had an entitled upbringing or like what does that mean?
0: Because I set a boundary with her. So I think she was calling me entitled because how dare you set a boundary with me? Who do you think you are? Yeah, it's a meltdown. Mhm. Yeah, so it was I mean it was really upsetting at the time, but looking back on it now it's like defense mechanism, defense mechanism, yeah, defense
1: mechanism for sure. So that's the straw that broke the camel's back with you and your
0: husband? Uh no. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay. So basically, um let's see where are we? so she um Back to the can Trip issue, right? So she contacted my mom because my mom was on the trip. And my mom was really upset because she really um, was close to my husband. And, you know, she cared about him like a son. And so she was concerned about him. And she calls my mom and has an attitude. Instead of calling and being like, hey, are you okay? Like, let's talk about what happened. She has an attitude, gets all defensive with her. And she's like, well... My son, you know, did nothing wrong. And she's like, are you going to come visit us or what? And my mom's like, I don't really want to come visit now, actually. And, and she calls us and tells us, your mom said, I'm not going to come visit you now. Like with this voice as if she was the victim and my mom was the mean one. Like, I mean, clearly your
1: parents know that it's strained. Like the relationship is strained. Mm-hmm. that's them just being like uh, I don't want to be put in an awkward situation right it seems like pretty
0: standard human behavior to me right and I was like okay my mom would never talk like that <laughs> it's not okay this lady is off her rocker and so just that on top of everything else like trying to talk to my husband about that he's like Yeah, it wasn't right for her to do that, but she knows I'm right. And it's like they always had this bond, you know, and and that made it. Because my next is like that, too, with her mom,
1: like her mom hates her and she's dying to get her mom's affection. But when push comes to shove, even when they know each other's wrong, they bond together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's like they always have each other's back. In a really unhealthy way. Yeah. <laughs> right. In a very unhealthy way. Like, yeah. You should be able to like call out like, I mean, in my
1: opinion, I don't care if somebody's blood or not. Like if you're doing wrong, I'm going to be like, yo, that's fucked up. And like, nope. Like you killed somebody. Where are we going to bury the body? And that's actually not a good
0: place to be. Yeah. Right. And so so with how she is with talking badly about people behind their back and being nice to their face. I can't even imagine what she has said to him about me. Mm-hmm. You know, all the times that they've been together without me. What kind of ideas did she put into his head? What mm-hmm. what type of stuff did she enable him to believe about me?
1: You know, narcissists love having shared enemies. They love it. Like, I guess you would, you know, like, even if the two of them were enemies, if they have another enemy, they love that shit. Because they're, like, calculating how to bring that person down. Right.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know what happened behind closed doors or what happened when I wasn't there, but I'm starting to think that it's, it wasn't good.
1: Well, again, it goes back to he said I had to escape. So he knows. He knows. But also, for the same standpoint, is, like, he can't stand on his own two feet. He can't mm-hmm. give up that relationship, even though he knows it's toxic. Because he can't stand on his own two feet.
0: Right, exactly. And so he would go to her for um, validation. Mm -hmm. He would feed into all his negativity towards me. So when it really got bad was when I filed for divorce, I left the house because I was uncomfortable with being in the same house with him. And I wanted him to leave because, you know, all the baby stuff is here. And I said, well, it just makes sense, right? Like she's, she's little, she needs me, she needs her stuff. And um, he was like, no, I'm going to stay here. And so I called his parents to talk some sense in him, right? Because maybe, maybe they'll be on my side this time. (laughs) Maybe they'll support me, you know? And they're like, well, we think he should stay in the house. It's his house too. And I was like, oh, I am completely alone in this. Mm -hmm. No one's supporting me in this situation. I mean, my own family did, but they are in a different state. Mm -hmm. Um, So he stays in the house for the next few days or a week. And then finally, when he tries to hoover me back, he says, oh, I took bad advice to stay in the house. My parents told me to stay there. So his mom... Wasn't thinking about me or her grandchild about our best interest. She couldn't care less where we were. She just wanted her son to stay in the house. Yeah, I just think that's interesting how he said, I took bad advice. Well, it's
1: the Hoovering phase. It is, yeah. It's just like, it's interesting how. So, where did he go?
0: So, he went to his parents' house. (laughs) I took bad advice. Wow. Fuck man, my head is spinning. I took bad
1: advice from my mom, so I'm gonna go stay with my mom. Mm-hmm. like he like demeans her and goes back to her because he's mm-hmm. got nothing. He's got like same thing as my next, you know, like they they have to stay with their parents. Yeah. They can't stand on their own TV. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. They can't survive. And that's the thing. Like one of these days, like you know, my last guest, Zach, from you know, the mail that was talking about his in-laws is
0: like one day. Hey, their parents are going to die. Like, it's just a fact. What are they going to do? Right. And it wasn't a good situation for him either. Um, he didn't like being there. And so, unfortunately, because of that toxic situation, um, made him want to come back. I was like, no, please don't. Right, right. Um, so, like, when I actually officially served him, I knew the day was happening, too. I knew the day was happening, and I was sitting here all nervous, like, what is he going to say? Is he going to call me? Is he going to text me? Um, He didn't call me. He didn't text me, but his mom did. Oh my God. She has okay. the sense in. So I just get, like, text after text after text, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, she isn't stopping So you're reading these off the screen? yeah i'm gonna read it okay so she goes omg do you know what you're doing or are you listening to your mommy i know you won't reply but i am praying for you and the baby and the situation we have done nothing but loved you and supported you and helped you financially I hope and pray God gives you the answers to make this right. My God listens to me. Hopefully he listens to you. And then there's a little bit left. So then she says, oh, my son is doing everything he can to save his marriage. But you don't seem too interested. Could there be an alternative motive? Asking for a friend. You gave him a... I know, right? You gave him an ultimatum um, to get engaged or you were leaving him because you wanted a baby and you were getting older. Like, what? So So, uh, what were you thinking when you were reading these, like, you know,
1: as you were getting them? Did you say anything back? Nope. Good. Good for you.
0: Yeah, I took screenshots and I blocked her. Um, I found out, thanks to my friend, that apparently if you block someone, you can still see if they leave you voicemails.
1: Oh, I didn't, yes, yes, I do know that, yes, I do know that, yep.
0: So, about a few weeks ago, I checked, and in fact, she did leave me a voicemail that same day, cussing me out.
1: Really, saying what?
0: Um, I hope you're happy, you fucking bitch. Oh my god. Oh, my God. And
1: I'm sure your ex defended her.
0: Um, I I have yet to find out about that. But in terms of like, I don't have to see her. Right. I don't have to see her anymore. But our child does. Right. And so that makes me really concerned. Mm-hmm. How did they interact with your child? I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, when when they we were all together, they were fine. They were nice. But. As we know, when the the kid gets a little bit older and starts having their own opinions, right, um, that can cause problems. And I wouldn't put a pastor at all to talk poorly about me to my child.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said to, it's funny. Like, I'll say it again. Like I said to Zach last week on the episode, I was just thinking, like, I don't know why, I don't know why it's in my head, but I just have this fantasy one day that my kids are older and like being at my kids' like high school graduation. And then the in-laws are there. Hopefully they're not. <laughs> you could take from that what you will. But uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I have this thought in my head. Like, I don't, God, I would love to never see them again. But, I mean, again, yeah, it, it is the kids' grandparents. And, you know, I want the kids to have a good opinion of them. But they only knew how
0: slimy they are. Mm-hmm. And she is so good at, pretending to be a victim and pretending to be a martyr she's had decades experience of this that she would be able to manipulate my child so fast
1: um well you that's that's why you're a good mom because you can you have the ability and you have the desire to reverse that and that's the same thing i do with my kids you know like one day they're going to know they're gonna know the whole the whole story and uh it's hard for a narcissist to complain about that when they brought it on themselves. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so at this point, I mean, I haven't seen her. Whenever whenever she sees my child, it's because the baby is with him. Mm-hmm. Good. So that's-
1: Good. Well, keep your distance. <laughs> that's that's the best advice I can give is with a narcissist, they want to they play the games and you just don't play the game. You're just not even in the same ballpark, so... Um, listen, we're coming to the end of the hour and I do this with every single guest that I talk to. So, you know, usually I ask advice about, you know, maybe relationship advice for somebody who's leaving a narcissist, but would you have any advice for somebody who is, you know, dealing with narcissistic in-laws and like how to maybe be able to bear that a little bit better?
0: Yeah, well, it seems that for me, the issues really started when I tried to stand up for myself when I spoke against her in a way that made her really defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I encourage people to set their boundaries and to have self-respect. Just, I guess try to be as careful as you can about the wording.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, you know, in the end, that's all you can really do and don't sacrifice your own self-respect just to keep the peace. Cause that's what got us in the situation in the first place. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm a big advocate for
1: that because, well, that's the thing is like with my in-laws is like if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would just say like as little, you know, there were times and like oh, I would be, I don't know, 4th of July or something like that. I'd be like, I want to see them today. And like, I'd be like, my next can go without, me. you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that's probably good advice. Like the less interaction you have with them, I mean, the less they have to irritate the shit out of you. Right. You know? Right. So listen, Lauren, thank you for doing this episode with me. I hope you enjoyed doing it. I hope it like it was fun watching you as we were doing this episode. Like it looked like you were getting like little lightning bolts. Like once things get past your teeth and you go, oh, wow. Like I haven't thought about that in a while or oh, yeah, this makes sense because of there. I think you did a really good job. So thanks for doing it.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It was enjoyable.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Until next time, everybody.